Each week he brings us through, day by day, week by week, month by month, and his mercies, his grace are sufficient for us. Yes, we are going through tough times. The pressure is intense, but the grace is sufficient. We will not exalt pressure. We shall lift up the grace of God. Otherwise, the word of God is not true. I mean, we don't go through what Apostle Paul went through, but if God tells him my grace is sufficient for him, it is sufficient for all of us. So we just thank God once again for every opportunity he gives. As we now come to the Q&A, and we have questions, we trust God will give us the answers. We pray, Pastor Vidya, would you please lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Father, for this evening. Thank you, Father, once again for this opportunity that you have given to us, that we could come together, Father, uh, to look into all the questions that your, that your children, Lord, have from all around the world, Lord. We come at this time into your hands. I pray, Father, Lord, that this time will be a blessing to all of us, not only those who have questions, but all of us who will hear these answers. And I pray, Father, that your anointing would rest over all of us, O Lord, your servant, even as he Father brings forth the answers and all of us who hear that, Lord, that you will make them relevant to every situation that we are going through, O Lord. And Lord, as we heard this morning, O Lord, that you would meet all of your people at the point of their need, O Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come at this time into your hands. Anoint us, Father, and let your name be glorified through everything that we do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, we'll go through the, one of the most cutest questions uh, for the day. Okay. It's it's in it's question number seven. Question number uh, seven. seven or the little one. Yeah. Uh, dear Pastor James, um, I'm Arifa, seven years old. I want to know why did Jesus Yeshua die for all of us? Are we not nice people? We what, are not nice. We are not nice people. Why did they kill him? It was very painful for him. I wrote the letter in my own handwriting because I'm not allowed to use the laptop or computer or phone. My dad, my dad said he will allow me to type the letter now. I'll, I like the way you speak. You speak funny. I like the way your wife prays. She's so kind from her praying. God bless you. Okay, that's a cutie. Seven-year-old Arifa, somewhere from the Middle East. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to know why did Jesus, Yeshua, die for all of us? We are not nice people. Which is true, Arifa. I have to explain. I hope the baby is listening. We are not nice people, but God is very nice. Hmm. Okay? And nice people like people who are not nice also. God's niceness, God's goodness is so very different. Can we go to the book of Romans to see how nice God is? Hmm. Maybe we should use one of the simpler translations. Hmm? You can put it in NLT maybe. Go to chapter 5, verse 6 to 8. When we were utterly helpless, (laughs) Christ came at just the right time to die for us sinners and died for us sinners. Now, no one is likely to die for a good person. Now, now, no one is likely to die for a good person. Though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Hmm. Yeah. Next verse. 
But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. So little Arifa, it's a very, I try to make it as simple as for you. First thing you need to understand is God is love. Love is not God, God is love, meaning God loves everybody. Second, God is holy. I'm not saying God is holy is second, or let's put God is holy. Second, God is love. Because God is holy, he has to judge everything that is unholy. That means all of us will be never with him, will be condemned to a place where God's presence is never there. But on the other side is there, God is love. When you love somebody, you don't want to punish them. So you have to find a way out. So God has to find a way out. And the way God found out, the way God's way out is Christ. That is why Jesus says, I am the way. What does he mean? He is God's way for man to come back to God, to be with God forever. So what God does is, God in his son, Jesus, comes as us, like us, in the body, through Miriam. Okay, Miriam is just a mother, but Jesus is the son of God. And you come from a Muslim background, so the Quran says he's Ru Allah. Okay, he's the breath of God, he's mm. the word of God, yes. not Muhammad, okay, remember Yeshua. It's Yeshua who is the breath of God. It's Yeshua who is the word of God. And the gospel says he's the word of God. He comes, he's born, he lives a perfect life. He never breaks the law. It's because we sin, we will die. He never sins. Then he's on the cross. When he's hung on the cross, the same law which was given through Moses or Musa says, anyone who hangs on the cross is cursed. So Jesus becomes the curse for all of us. Simple way to explain to you. Okay, let us, let us imagine I am arrested and taken to the police station. Okay, and at the police station they say, we will release you on the surety of one good person in the society. Not bad person. Mm. The bad person, they will put him also in the lockup. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be a reputation, person of reputation with integrity, character, and we will release you. So I'm looking for somebody. And then Pastor Vijay comes, they check him all out and says, okay, on your surety, I'm releasing him. The entire universe, there's only one person on whose surety <laughs> we can be released. He has to be a perfect person. Amen. That is Jesus Christ. And on the cross, God took all our sins, our offenses, puts it on him and releases us. But there's only one condition now left. When he comes there, the police station and says, I will stand surety for James. Would you release him? The uh, inspector checks it all and says, I can release him. Then he comes and tells him, you can go. And I say, I don't want to go. I don't want his surety. I will sit here and vindicate my righteousness. And when you prove me not guilty, then only I will go. <laughs> that is the issue with most people. Most people, God has made the way, but we have to choose. I can refuse bail. I can refuse bail. I can refuse the mercy of God. And all religion, every religion, is refusing the bail of God. Man is trying to work out his own way out. What does Islam say? You have to do these things, meaning it is on you. You have to prove on that day before God's court. What do you have to say? You have to prove you are not guilty. 
So if you ask any Muslim, what is the first words you will say? Inshallah. Inshallah. Yes. yes, no surety. No surety. Inshallah. If you ask a Hindu, no surety. Maybe I'll come back and come back and come back and come back and come back. If you ask a Jew, he's not sure. Because if you break one portion of the law, you have broken it all. And there is no atonement. Why? Because there is no temple. <laughs> there is no temple. There is no high priest. There is no nothing being offered. So if you in all religion, including Christianity, when it becomes a religion, there is no hope. There is no hope. But when we come to Christ, we have hope. Where does that hope come? Not because of anything we have done. It is because we, what he has done, and we believe in it. And that is salvation. We are not depending on anything that we have done. We are completely falling at the mercy of God. And that's why Jesus came to die. Sorry if I you need to realize Jesus loves us. We are not good people. But God loves people who are not good. Hmm. And you know what he did? He sent his own son. And that's the only way. And Jesus says, no one can come to God, the Father, other than through him. If you want to try to come to God, it's not that you cannot. You can try to go to court on that day of judgment and vindicate yourself. The problem is you cannot compare yourself with anybody. I am better than him. I am better than him. You have to compare yourself with God's holiness. The standard is God. The standard is God. The standard is not even the law. The standard is God. God. The law is just a reflection of the character of God. In the court when you go, the standard is the law, not the judge. Mm, yes. Not the judge. But the judge is an imperfect man. He must have fought with his wife and come to court. It does not matter. Because he is going by the law. But when we stand before God, we are judged by the character of God. Because heaven is God's home. You want to live with home, you have to meet God's conditions. Okay, So the only way we will meet God's condition is putting our trust. Why did Jesus have to die? So that we don't have to die a second time. There are two deaths. First death is when you speak, when you, when you sin, we'll all die. And that death is happening. That's why we are all growing older and weaker. It's a, every time you look into the mirror, it is scripture. The wages of sin is death. <laughs> we are all dying. Adam died. Everyone in Adam will die. But inside you have to look. Inside if you are born again, you are not dying. You are growing. You're not dying, you're growing. You're becoming better and better and better and better. It's the Spirit of God in the new person causing you to grow. Okay, that's our hope. And that you know is not you, it's Christ in you. It's the life of God in you. That gets better and better. So there are two pictures that is happening for the believer, not for the others, the believer. Okay, but in religion, you don't get better. You can remain the same. Hmm. can remain the same. If a Muslim prays, I think, five times a day, he prays five times a day all his life. But the Muslim who gets saved doesn't pray five times a day. Sometimes he prays the whole day. (laughs) Sometimes he prays the whole week. Why? It is no longer under a law. The law is gone. You are free from the law. Earlier you are looking at the law to be righteous five times I have to go to this place. I have to give zakat. I have to do all that. But that's gone. You're free. You're free from that. Absolutely that free. The law is like, the Bible says the law is given for lawbreakers. Mm. Think, like it's a small little kid from a Muslim nation writing. Think about the entire Muslim world. What will happen if you take the Sharia off? 
what will you do? Simple thing is, you wouldn't know what to do. Because you always lived under the law. Without the law, you will not know how to function. But when you are born of the Spirit, you don't need the law. You don't need the law. You just need the Spirit of God. He leads you. You have the Word, but the Word is not the law. Mm. The Word is not the law. It is just life. Okay, You are not under the law. It is not, don't do this, do this. No. The Spirit leads you. Set free from that. Prison house called the law. The law is a prison. The law is a prison. The Spirit gives you liberty. Let us say, I'm an ex-Muslim. I got saved. Before I got saved, I had to pray five times. If I don't pray five times, I feel guilty. Because the law says you didn't. But now I am saved. And I pray. And tomorrow, I forget to pray. I don't feel guilty. The Holy Spirit said, why didn't you come to me? Why didn't you talk to me? I said, Baba, Baba, sorry. This is fine. Pray. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. Okay, A father does not uh, condemn his children. He does not condemn his children. A father does not, a good father does not condemn his children. He will teach his children, discipline his children, but he doesn't condemn his children. And that is the liberty of salvation. There is no condemnation. Hmm. Father never condemns his children. He will be with you forever. So that's Arifa, the simplest way to put a cross. And since I believe you're just seven and you come to Christ, Yeshua, Yeshua loves you. Hmm. Okay, Yeshua. And you've got a good father who does not allow you the laptop, the computer or phone. Oh. My gosh, that's a good dad. Hallelujah. <laughs> <Okay>. And I <laughs> liked your, I only gave you a phone. All the animals were there in it. I liked the animals. Okay. So and now I understand why your father doesn't give you the phone. Because you will type all those pictures and the animals on it. But it's good. Okay. Cutie, <laughs> we just love you. We love children who ask questions about Jesus. No. Because you're a child. Jesus loves you. Let me tell you. One thing Jesus told his disciples is, do not stop the children from coming to me. Second thing he taught the disciples is, their angels have always access to the Father. You see, I have an issue. If my angel has to go to God, he has to wait in the queue. <laughs> but when you ask, your angel immediately has access to God. <laughs> so you need to realize children are special for God. Very, very special. Okay? So you should talk to Jesus, not pray. You should pray, but you should talk to Jesus. You should talk to, as you talk to your father, you should talk respectfully, but lovingly. And one day you will start hearing from him. And your life will change. Okay, Arifa? Amen. God bless you and your father. Pastor, question number three. <clears throat> okay. Three, 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 three. How can we... Can we go to one and two? So because we, sorry, yeah. one one we didn't finish. Because of the uh, the, the, the trauma, the prayer... Mm. Yeah, okay, fine. We let's had only answered yeah. part of it, right? So yeah, let's read through those two questions. Yeah, yeah, one and two. Husbands don't usually understand what we go through and that aggravates our situation. This is mm. after uh, pregnancy, right? Also? Yeah. What can we do from our side to make sure things don't go bad? Also, because of having kids, we don't get time with God as much as we used to. That also causes a spiritual depression. I don't know if it's if it's only me uh, only with me or other women too. What is the solution? Okay, that verse one also was said. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, now uh, I'm talking strictly in a Christian context. Okay, that's the only context in which I'm not a secular counselor. Secular counsel sometimes helps, 
for secular people. But I'm not a psychiatrist. Everything okay, Sammy? Yeah? Yeah, I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a pastor. I'm a servant of God. So I will always use the word of God. Okay? One thing you need to realize is that you have to fight depression. To fight depression. Because God has not given us the spirit of depression. Mm. There are practical ways of fighting depression. One of the practical way of fighting depression is, one of the simple things I tell people is that, keep worship music on and sing along. Okay? Mm. Because the, the word of God says, put on the garment of, garment of praise when the spirit of heaviness comes. You have to praise your way through. I'm not saying you should pray your way through. Praying your way through is one thing. Praising your way through is another thing. These are weapons of warfare. These are spirits that attack us. As long as we are in this body and in this world, these spirits will attack us. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God. Okay? These are, what I'm telling, telling to you is first is offensive weapons. You have to fight it. You have to praise your way through. And you have to pray. You have to pray. You do not have because you do not ask. So you have to pray. You have to praise and you will see. It's a very depressing. I mean, when you are out in mission with people whom you really do not know, you're literally on your own with God. Literally on your own with God. First, you need the acceptance of the local population, which will be of a different language. You have to cut through it. Okay, <clears throat> You look different. When I go, I don't look the same. I look different. I look different. I'm not part of the same. So you fight all this and the hostility. Like when Paul is going, he's facing the hostility of Gentiles and Jews. One who do not understand, the other who oppose the gospel. So you, then you do something which is good, miraculous, and you're beaten up and you're thrown into prison. Okay? The spirit of heaviness really comes. You start, sometimes you start questioning, Lord, did you really call me? Did you really send me, Lord? Why are all these things happening? But they use two things, weapons of warfare. The Bible says they prayed and they sang. Okay? It's, it's not put there in random. These are two things which we have to use. Whether you are a man or a woman, a man in mission, man in office or a woman at home, when you are fighting these things, you, we have to use the weapons which God has given. The Bible says take the sword of the spirit. Right? And pray all kinds of prayers. Okay? And the word of God teaches us these things. You have to pray. You have to praise. It has to become your discipline mm. when these things happen. You, you cannot sit and more. If you let this, the spirit will get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. You see, Elijah refused to pray. Elijah refused to pray. There is no song. John the Baptist is not singing. Jehoshaphat gets the word and he starts singing. The Levites start singing and God starts fighting the battle. A physical picture is there given to us. How do we apply these things? Because we are not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting powers of darkness. So what should women do or anybody in a context? We are putting in a general context. What should people do when you are fighting depression? Okay. I mean, if it's a chemical imbalance and I'm, leave, I'm give, leaving medicine out of you because as far as possible, let me tell you honestly, I avoid medicine as far as possible. Avoid medicine. The only medicine I take is for headache because I don't want headache interfering in my ministry. 
I, I cannot come here with a thumping headache and then function. The simple thing of headache is that, Lord, I rebuke, it doesn't go, take it, and all, it goes. And it doesn't come back. So I stay off medicines as far as possible, meaning it's a second resort. It's not a first resort. Your first resort is always God. But we are, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a servant of God. So I will always tell you what's God's prescription. Okay, you praise, you worship, you meditate upon the word of God. You have to do it. Um, Derek Prince long ago wrote a little booklet called God's Medicine Bottle. Okay, beautiful little booklet on God's medicine bottle. You do that. And then we'll, these are offensive weapons. Now let us come to the defensive part, okay? Because this is basically in a, in a marital context, in a home. And you know what? The sister, yeah, if you put the question over there, the second, yeah, second part of that question. Yeah. Okay. Husbands don't usually understand what we go through and that aggravates our situation, no? Um, God did not put that scripture over there, but when it comes to mm, children, God says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. And you should have written, husbands, don't aggravate your wives. <laughs> okay. The issue is, the answer to this is this, let me tell you. The If you are a believing woman, I'm not talking you to, to a woman in a context of domestic abuse. Domestic abuse is a no-no. Violence in any form, God does not accept. Okay, God does not accept. Let's go there, Pastor Vijay. Malachi chapter two. Malachi chapter two. Chapter two. Yeah. Can we have it? Yes. Chapter two. Okay. Verse thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. <clears throat> Malachi chapter two. Here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping, groaning, because he pays no attention to your offerings. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the man. He's talking to the man. He's not talking to the woman. He's talking to the man. He's coming because his business is not working. Home, he's having pressure. Can you put it back in the NKJV, please? I think it's, it's the, Which is this? Yeah. This is the NLT. Yeah, NLT. Okay. Okay, and verse 40, let me see. Yeah. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. He says, you know what? And Peter brings that the same thing in the new covenant. He brings, okay, don't change over there, okay? Because, okay, I want to, I want to look at verse 16. Mm, 16. Verse 16. Yes, yes. Same thing, verse 16. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, verse 16. For the Lord Israel says that he hates divorce. Why do divorce happen? Why is divorce the last resort and even ultimately churches and pastors agree to divorce? It's because of violence. For it covers one's garments with violence, says the Lord. Therefore take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. What does he say? You made a covenant. What was the covenant? Better or for words. When it gets words, don't get violent. You're being violent to your partner. And not only that, you're being violent to the covenant. It's like tearing apart two mm. that has been made one. That's why nobody comes out of a divorce unhurt. Unless God heals. It's very difficult to come out of a divorce because the two were one. And that one has been torn apart. Has been torn apart. So God is telling to both to the women and to the men, the wife and the husband, 
your home should be a home where you can discuss issues without violence either verbal violence emotional violence or physical violence it should be okay now i am talking to believers when you have unbelieving spouse and all it's a different story altogether just mm-hmm. cry out to god for mercy grace and everything but men has to be very very careful what men have to be careful is is to that like try to deal with the issue okay that's why the bible says in peter live with your wife with understanding. understanding meaning you need to understand her moods which is the best time to talk to her sometimes it's morning sometimes at night you have to understand because sometimes you realize you tell your wife this thing at this time it will be a volcano of emotions but sometimes you learn you tell in this time she's very calm so you understand this is the best time to discuss issues with my wife live with understanding because the whole idea is that we don't want to win an argument mm. in a home between a husband and wife nobody wins an argument you only lose even if you win you lose because you are not in competition you know so you don't want to win an argument you don't want to win an argument what you want is a issue resolved and have peace because the foundation of a home is peace. peace it is peace everything else comes after that it is peace the foundation of a home is peace so we have to we have to understand we have to deal with the issues and sometimes you will realize the issues are so small it doesn't matter many of the issues in a day to day this thing is uh, very little on an ongoing this thing you know it will be about the food or about the children mm. and all no these are not big issues the bible says love covers a multitude you can cover it you can ignore it just gently say it and this thing okay and you can always bring humor over there because i always tell you you know home should be a place of fun okay of fun okay it should be really 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 like i like this example sit you here well, let's say indian context your wife has this habit of making sambar or dal sambar or dal and she always uh, no absent minded puts more salt and you keep telling her no and she does it. so one day again the same thing has happened and that day you said honey come and sit here today i want to serve you and you serve her a bowl full of sambar and say honey i want you to enjoy it because i enjoy your sambar and then she starts taking it says, it's too salty we say no 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 honey it's perfectly fine that's the quantity <laughs> i like i want you to take the whole thing you know what lord of things which you handle that way you will realize okay it is peace it is peace okay it is peace Okay, it's it's. I mean, I mean, we have in our wedding messages. Remember, we have had lots of jokes. I used to crack like this. The the wife wakes up in the morning and says, "I had a dream. Yeah, what is it? I heard you took me shopping, and you bought me this gold bracelet and this gold necklace and all." He says, "Wow, I also had the same dream, but in my dream, your father was paying for it." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Humor, I'm telling you, humor mm. can always diffuse any situation. A soft answer. A soft answer. 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 Okay, like I said, <laughs> home has to be a fun. You can, don't aggravate the situation. No? Mm-hmm. Men has to be, live with understanding. But to the other side when we come now, okay, last time I was talking to men, this time let me talk to women. 
To women, let me tell you, the Bible is very, very clear about it. See, God doesn't, God wouldn't say something unless He knows how it works. You see, God knows us better than we know ourselves because He created us. He's mm. the manufacturer. Mm. He's the manufacturer. Okay, we are only drivers. <laughs> I am driving this body. He made it. <laughs> okay, I am not the manufacturer. He is the manufacturer. We are just drivers in this body, taking this around. And wear and tear is happening. One day it will be thrown away, condemned. We'll go to the garbage bin. Okay, that's what happens. You can call it graveyard, but it's garbage bin. Okay. <laughs> so understand, he is the manufacturer. So he knows man. He knows women. So when instructions are given in the Bible, it is given by the manufacturer because he knows how this product will function. Mm. So to the woman, he, sto- he tells the woman, submit your husband in all things as unto the Lord. Submission is an act of reverence. To the man, he says, love your wife. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Man doesn't, is not looking for love. Man is looking for honor. The woman is looking for love. Okay. Now for my birthday, if somebody gives me a bunch of flowers, I'll wonder what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because being maldu, I will look at the roses and say, if I could chop it nicely, put some coconut and make a thorn out of it, can I eat it? Because it makes no difference to me this rose. Okay. On the other hand, you give a bunch of roses to your wife on her birthday. I mean, if it's a western minded wife, it will be there in the front. Yeah. Okay. So we are not the same. So they are looking for something, we are looking for something else. Okay. You could be the most efficient wife in the city. But if your husband thinks you do not honor him, you don't reverence him, all your efficiency means nothing to him. Because you can always hire efficient workers. He doesn't want efficiency, he wants honor. And that's why over and over God tells the wife, the woman, Honor your husband, honor your husband, honor your husband. He's not looking for love. You're looking for love. He's looking for honor. The way God created man, he is satisfied as a person in honor. That's why man finds pleasure in his work. Mm. Because when he's honored in his work, he finds satisfaction. When he's honored in his home, he finds satisfaction. But the woman is different. She's not looking for honor. She's looking for love. Okay? So, if women were to understand this and function accordingly in the house, things will settle down. You love your wife, she honors her husband. Okay. Okay. When God tells man to honor his wife, the context is completely different. Honor her as a, as a weak, weaker weak vessel. vessel. Understand, don't be harsh with her. She's made different from you. You know, she's not like you. You are a steel vessel. She's a glass vessel. Treat it differently. How you handle her. That's the honor he's talking about. But when God is talking about woman to honor man, and people, women laugh away. They laugh away all the way to their grave. When God says, Sarah called her husband Lord. How do you honor, honor your husband? How do the man honor his wife? Man honors his wife as something which is fragile, handled with care. It's a different thing. Handle her with care. But the woman honors the husband as a lord. And most people... See, what has happened is that humanism and feminism has destroyed Christian marriages. Mm -hmm. Christian marriages has been... That's what I was saying in the morning. Mm -hmm. We are Christian. Most people I meet are Christians in name only. In function, they are humanists. They are humanists. They are not Christians. Christians go by the book. 
And when you go by the book, the spirit gives you the strength for it. So there is thinking about man, not aggravate the situation, which children don't expect. Ex- 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 I- Exasperate, exasperate. Yeah, ex- I knew it was, my tongue was getting this thing over. Exasperate your children. Don't aggravate your children. Okay? Be firm, but don't aggravate your children where finally you push them to rebellion. Mm-hmm. Rebellion. Push them to, that's why I always used to tell, um, parents, young parents, you know, because I made this mistake, so I learned through my mistakes, is that when you teach your children the Bible, Make it fun. Don't make it the law. Mm-hmm. The law will only bring rebellion. The law doesn't bring because, yeah. it. always brings death. Yes, yes, yes. Always yes absolutely. Death. Always bring death. So mm-hmm. we had fun time. I mean, as they grew older, of course, it changed. But when they were small, it was fun. Bible study was fun. It was not aggravating. It was fun. We used to act out the prodigal son. They would be fighting who wants to be prodigal son because he's lost and he has to be carried. And dinner is only after the prodigal has been brought. Mm-hmm. And we are having a feast. You know, feast. Oh, and that one will go hide somewhere and will bleed. May, may, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. You have to go find it, carry it on your shoulders and bring it back. Oh, my sheep was lost. It is found and we are going to have a feast and we sit there and we eat. Okay. So all this, you know, basically it's a gospel lesson. That when you are lost, I will come searching for you. I will not lose you. I will not lose you. I will not lose you. I will come looking for you. I will search. And when you are found, you are not condemned for being lost. That's the nature of the sheep. (laughs) To get lost Mm -hmm. is the nature of the sheep. Mm -hmm. To find the sheep is the nature of the shepherd. Mm -hmm. And there is no condemnation. You tend to it, carry it, bring it back and feed it. So there are pictures given in the Bible. And if you follow that, picture. You know what? Home can be a happy place. So you look at one thing about it is that God, the man is not looking for love. The woman is. So the woman will always say, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You haven't told me when when was the last time you told me you love me? Man never asked that. When is the last time you told me you love me? He doesn't ask those questions. If he asks, he must be gay. He doesn't ask those questions. Women ask those questions. But men is looking for something else. Am I honored in my home? Am I honored in my home? Is my word being listened to? No? Okay. You need to realize men are, I mean, women need to understand men are very sensitive. Many men don't command orders. They just say. But they mean it to be obeyed. To be done. It's as simple as that. You see, when God says the head of woman is man, it's because no institution from the home to anything, a whole nation, can work with two heads. It's a monster. It's a monster. Okay? Okay, so even when the woman is running the home, she is running the home under that headship and she should never forget it. So if you have an abusive husband, alcoholic husband and all, the Bible, unbelieving husband, well, let's go over there to First Peter. Okay? First Peter chapter 3. But these are, these are practical issues. These are real issues. Husbands, likewise, dealt with them. Oh, not 3, 7. Verse 1 onwards. 3, 1 to 6. Yeah, one onwards, let's go verse by verse. We don't need the whole thing. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, 
that they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by... This is all God is saying. I mean, God doesn't say if it doesn't have power. He says, when your man who doesn't obey the word or does not believe the word, doesn't obey the word, he's not the kind of godly spiritual man you're looking for, but when he sees... Let's keep it at one and two. Verse two. When he sees your conduct. What is your conduct? It's a pure conduct. Mm. Your motives are very pure. That's what chaste means. Chaste means pure. What is chaste conduct? You are not trying to, because one of the fundamental forms of sorcery or witchcraft in a woman is manipulation. It's manipulation. The woman manipulates a man through her tears and tantrums and denial and all the, she manipulates. Screaming and shouting and hysterical and all those, that's manipulation, that's sorcery. That's how occult comes into the city, powers of darkness come into, okay? He has to see your chaste conduct. No, I will not manipulate my husband. I will not manipulate manipulate my husband. Instead, what will I do? My conduct will be chaste. It will be pure. My motives are pure. Spirit of God, we have an issue. When I am discussing this issue with my husband, Lord, let my motive be pure. And second, accompanied by fear, meaning with reverence. I'm very careful about how I talk to him. Why? Because he represents Christ to me in my house. It's as simple as that. Hmm. He represents the Christ to me in my house. He's the husband, is the savior of the wife. He saves her by the washing of the water of the word. Okay, we are fragile, weak, marred saviors. But the office doesn't change. That's why Jesus said, you know, the Pharisees are nincompoops walking on earth. But they sit on the, sit on the seat of Moses. Mm. The seat matters. So listen to them. Don't be like them. Listen to them. So, this is a fundamental thing. Even, even Apostle Paul, when he revealed yeah, the high priest, yeah, he high immediately, priest, yeah, immediately he this thing, this yeah. thing. No? So we need to understand these fundamental principles. I'm not talking about violence here. That's a different ball game altogether. Where there is violence, you need help. I'm talking about a normal situation over there. No, And always remember, you are in a partnership. Mm-hmm. You are in a partnership. Okay, you are not. A pa- you are in a partnership. So many things in a home could be resolved. If you work it out as a partnership, okay, where you serve one another and see, the wife sees, how do I help my husband out? You are to help me. The husband sees, how do I serve her out and the family? It can be run. It, don't make it too complicated. Like I said, if you, one of the best things of these lockdowns last year and this current lockdowns is that we actually realize how simple life is. Yes. We are allowed to go out only for four hours. And you realize you don't even need to go out for four hours. Mm. What do you need to go out for? Okay. And I understand the malls are opening at 7 in the morning. Yeah. And people are still going to shop at 7 in the morning. Can you believe it? So true. Yeah. 7 in the morning going shopping. Malls. Because the government has allowed everything to be open between 6 to 10. So malls are opening. Now why are you going to the mall at 6, 7 in the morning? The people who never, if you put service at 7 in the morning, nobody will come. But 7 in the morning people will go shopping. Okay, so please, one of the fundamental lessons God is teaching us, He said, keep your life simple. And He said, very simple, if you have food on your table, and clothes on your back, content. you should be content. And you know, we suddenly realize all of us have enough and more than enough. Yeah. If you keep your life simple and don't get the world in, life will be happy. The problem is the world comes in. 
smallest gadgets to the biggest. How many inch? I don't know. What are the screen inches and all these days? I don't know. All <laughs> these you know, plasma, HD, whatever, all these things starts coming in. We become miserable. <laughs> because it, it causes, generates desire. Oh. Desire. And desire leads to covetousness. Yes, yes, yes. And covetousness leads to stealing. When if you can't, you steal it in your heart and your mind. And you know what? A thief is never happy. Mm. It's never happy. So God says, keep your life simple. God gives, thank you. Everything you need, God says, I will have to. Keep your home happy. The church will be happy. Church will be happy. And be very, I mean, stick to the word of God. The word of God is life. And it's health to the whole man. It's no depression. No. I know some of the sisters have gone to some of the sisters who have written from abroad and all have gone through so much abuse and violence and all. But remember, your husband sits in an office. He has abused that office. He has misused that office. But remember, marriage is only for a season. For the season till death. Or if it is absolutely abuse till separation. Worse than that, divorce. But it's only for a season until death. But remember, there is another one will never abuse you. That's the one who came to the much married lady. <laughs> Five times married, living with a living partner. He comes looking for her. And why would you want to look for a woman like that? He says, you know what? She never gave up on the institution of marriage. Mm. She never gave up on the institution of marriage. And f- after five times, she lost her hope in marriage holding her life together. But she did not give up on love. Love, yep. Mm. Okay, so you need to realize mm-hmm. love never fails. And the sixth one also, he's sending her alone to get the water. At least you should know. The women don't talk to you. The men mock at you. I will come with you. Or you don't go today. I'll get water for you. You don't have to go. I am there to protect you. I'm here to cover you. You know what? I know the women all call you names. Nobody will associate with you. And all the men will make cat calls and all. You know one thing? You stay at home. I'll get you the water. He doesn't do that. Who is the one waiting at the well with water? It's Jesus. Jesus. And these are the pictures we need to understand about, you know. Even if your entire marriage fails, don't lose your faith in marriage. Because yeah. it's bigger than marriage on earth. It's a mystery, Paul says, of Christ. He will not fail you. He will not fail you. Okay? And that's, that's the story of Leah. When God saw Jacob did not love Leah, he opened her womb. But she's not looking at her child. She's still looking at her husband. Oh, he will come back to me. He will come. He has no eyes for anybody. He has got eyes only for Leah. Rachel. Okay. Oh, sorry, Rachel. Okay. First child, Reuben. Second child. Third child. Still. Then fourth child. She looks up. Fourth child is Judah. She looks up. And she's set free. And the Bible says after that, she's not conceiving. <laughs> okay. She's not conceiving. Okay. She looks up. And she finds, you know, I mean, did she really get healed? No. But pictures are given to us for women who are in loveless marriages. Don't look to your left. My husband doesn't love me. Don't look to your right, to the neighbor to love you. Look up. Hmm. Look up. He loves you. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He will not abuse you. He will not miss you. Misuse you. He will not use you. He will love you to the uttermost. That is the power of scripture. Whether it's a man or a woman. That's the power of scripture. God does not change. Thank God he does not change. Men change, women change, husbands change, wives change, children change. But God does not change. 
So this sister says that mm. I know depression is demonic. Mm. Uh, is it always demonic necessarily? It can be. I mean, I know it can be caused through chemical imbalances too. Okay, but uh, see, when we are talking about oppression and when we are talking about possession, these are two different things. Oppression is like, let us say, Raj is standing there and pushing at the door. It is oppression. Mm. Okay. When I open the door and let him in, it has become possession. Mm. We should be stopping it at first level. Submit to God and resist the devil. Mm. Okay. We, sh- we are called to fight oppression. See, the devil is doing his work. Mm-hmm. And we are called to do our work, fight it in the name of Jesus, so that we can see the victory of Christ and God is glorified. Even the little, little ones on earth can fight the devil and defeat him. So oppression is there, depression is there, but you should not get depressed. Hmm. You should not get depressed. He will try through all situations, maybe the words of your husband or postpartum pregnancy. I mean, I don't understand all these terms. These are all modern terms. But the fact of the matter is 6,000 years, women came through this without any clinical diagnosis. <laughs> without any counseling or medication or anything and all, no. Okay, they all came through all of it. Okay, so the problem is sometimes we don't need all this knowledge. Mm. No, I look back our, I mean, our youth, our young days, you know, was so happy because we did not know the names of diseases and what causes it. Mm. When we were thirsty, we drank water from the tap, never fell ill, or straight from the well, right? Mm. Milk was always white, right? You played and played and played. There was no TV, <laughs> no gadgets. Okay. And there was no Sammy's uh, ringtones and mobiles. <laughs> you see, and we did not, I never heard this term called cholesterol. Hmm. Okay. Bad cholesterol, uh, good cholesterol. Right? <laughs> None of these things <laughs> I did not know. On the other hand, I used to be waiting outside for the chicken to lay the eggs so that I could take it, break it, eat it before it reached the home. <laughs> these things didn't bother at all. You didn't know about kidney stones and this thing and all. And all the days I was growing up, you don't remember falling ill. Mm. Honestly, I never remember falling ill. The injuries I got was only in football. Every time I went to hospital, it was because I got kicked in the football field. Okay. <laughs> we never fell ill. And we didn't know the names of these diseases. But today, look at it. Look at it. And I also believe it's because of both. Food habits change, lifestyle change. Two things. Okay. Lifestyle and food habits change. And we just go back to biblical lifestyle. Don't get... Don't get so there is a de- definitely directly relation the relationship definitely. between your physical thing and your and that is and the, your, mi- your mm-hmm. mind state of your mind mm-hmm. what you eat also mm-hmm. causes depression, depression. <laughs> depressed people what is called bulimia that's what she had right uh, Princess Diana had mm-hmm. uh, depressed people eat they eat all the time mm-hmm. they eat all the time yes. it's part of depression okay and it causes even more depression yes that's true causes more depression all these things happen so God says. And you don't need any of these things. I am with you. Be anxious for nothing. Cast all your cares and your supplication with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of the most important, powerful mechanisms which God has given us for. Okay? Let me give you that scripture. 1 John. Sorry. Romans chapter 1. 
ஆண்டாங்க <laughs> who do they think they are? and sometimes same thing happens to christian who do we think we are that god should be with us all the time he should answer all our prayers watch over day and night when we are going out is watching when we are coming in when who do you think we are he owes us nothing yet he does everything god says you know what one thing i want you to do one glorify me as god don't make me into something that i am not glorify me as god say Can you be grateful? Can you say thank you Lord? Mm. Can you just say thank you Lord? Okay? Mm. And doesn't matter what you're going through in your marriage, God will say thank me. Mm. Thank me. You know, if you don't have a marriage, if you don't have a husband, thank me. Because there are many women who got married and divorced and they're cursing that they got married. Okay? And then you got a husband, okay, he's mad at you and all. There are many women <laughs> crying because they don't have a husband. <laughs> and they live in fear. the night comes i wish i had a man no so god is talking about these things okay so please no, sisters one, and brothers one one question that i have you talked about humanizing humanism being one of the central thoughts that is governing the way people think yeah uh, and it comes from the education system yeah primarily so how does one balance uh, how do we even i mean we have to go through the education system so how do we uh, counter this these these ideas which come to our mind and take them in a pos- proper perspective and not let it affect the way that we make decisions the only life. way you can counter it is you have a vibrant spiritual life mm. an idea that can be countered only with an idea an idea cannot be countered with anything else it has to be countered with an idea and the greatest idea that has ever been preached is the kingdom of god mm. it will it will the kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ will overrule ultimately take over all the kingdoms of this world yes. what are the kingdoms of this world they are ideas mm. based on if you don't have mm. an idea you cannot have a kingdom mm. every kingdom has to have an idea a motto a flag this all represent idea that's what they are trying to do in us mm. the whole reset is to destroy america the idea the founding idea of america they want to come completely destroy it and create burn it down to the ground and rebuild on a completely new idea and there's a battle going on over this and ultimately which will win the battle to reset america will win why because of the young people because of the young people how will if how will america survive as a nation if the spirit of god moves and brings in millions of young people into the kingdom but young will ultimately determine because you know what that's why in so many they are talking about bringing think about it why do you want to keep on bringing the voting age down mm. 21 to 18 18 to 16 some of calling for me what does a 16 year old boy or girl know what do they know about governing and politics and what should be why do they do it the people talk about 
women's suffrage and women's this thing. The founding fathers did not allow the women to vote. They won't vote, yes, that's right. Till the 19th century, yes. they talk of emancipation and all, which is true, I understand. But the fact of the matter is, politics should not be governed by kitchen. Politics is much, much bigger. And women will vote according to the kitchen. According to the kitchen. Why do all these governments say 2 rupee rice, 3 rupee sugar, 4 rupee oil? For whom? For the man. <laughs> the man is not worried about the price of the rice, the sugar or this thing. He's thinking about ideology. If this fellow wins, this is what will happen to the nation in 10 years time. Yes. We will be slaves here. You know what happened? Our freedoms will be taken away. Our liberty will be taken away like in America. The entire Trump movement was based on their fighting for the civil liberties. And who voted against him? The women. Oh, we don't like his words. He's insensitive to our feelings. I'm not saying that he lost. The election was stolen. I still don't believe he was lost. What I'm taking about is always we'd say, oh, Trump has to be careful with the suburban women, suburban women. Why? They don't like his tone. They don't like his words. And this is, we need to understand. I'm not saying women should not vote. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when women vote and children vote, what happens to a nation? What happens to a nation? Are you looking long term? What will happen to a nation? I will tell you what will happen to a nation. You will not have a nation. You will not have a nation. Okay? So what is the other side of humanism? They're breaking down everything the Bible takes about. So now they're going to make humans into no gender. You're not a man, you're not a woman, you are anything you call. Masculinity is gone, femininity is gone, everything is gone. You know what the Antichrist is doing? He's preparing the world for him. And his world will be exactly, exactly the opposite of what God said. Male and female you shall be. And this is how the whole thing will be. All those barriers, boundaries will be destroyed and you will have, you do not know, even know what a generation that will rise at that time will be. You don't <laughs> even know what they are. And the Antichrist will rule over them. Why? That's why he's called Antichrist. Christ. He'll be anti to everything that Christ is. No? And humanism. And how do you fight it? The church has been given. Yeah. So humanism and socialism and communism and in none of this feminism, none of them succeeded because they were powerful in itself. They succeeded because they got into the church. You tell me one of these ideologies which came from the East, every one of them came from the Christian nations because it got into the church first. Hmm. Right? Karl Marx. Yes. Did it work in England? No. no. Why? Spurgeon was there. <laughs> Absolutely. One guy. <laughs> one guy. Stopped. Where did he find it? Root? In Russia. Hmm. Karl Marx is sitting in Britain and writing all these things. No British is buying it because the church is very strong. Rejected it completely. So where the church is very weak, which is called orthodox, but weak, mm. there is no word but ceremony, they received it. Yes. They received it. Wherever the church is strong, every ideology stops at the doors. It doesn't get in. But when the church was weakened by getting these ideologies in, you know, first is you get the idol, you have a mixture. A mixed multitude is the first that started. Oh, yeah. Truth exclusive. You cannot mix truth and lies. You cannot mix light and darkness. They started mixing it. And after mixing it, they started taking the truth, truth out. And now the lie has become the truth. Mm. And now what the problem with the lie, the difference between truth and lie is this. Truth will give you the liberty to agree or not agree. Consequences at the end. 
lie will not give you the liberty they will say bend mm. bow and that's what happening in the us yes the leftists will not give you the liberty they will cancel you while the right wing conservatives will say we will fight for you to speak what you want to say but you don't allow us to speak that's the difference truth will always allow you because god is truth what does he say i said before you life and death blessing and curse you choose mm. <laughs> you want death you choose death you want to die I give you that autonomy but you know what death will not give you that choice every time the devil comes he comes only to, to steal. steal and to kill Finally and to, to kill, kill and to destroy he doesn't clear. come for any other very clear yes hmm. okay and this is how you and you have to stop these ideologies at the gateway of your ears your mind you know that's how you and we have to the problem is we are living in an age we have the most biblically illiterate christians ever I'm not saying they don't read their bible I'm not saying they don't go to church but they don't understand the fundamental principles of the kingdom of god they don't hmm. the bible is very clear in revelation that ultimately the kingdoms of this world will, will be. become the kingdom there'll be no humanism there there'll be no feminism there's no communism no socialism nothing there will be only what is called the doctrine of christ and he will rule with a scepter at that time no other ideas will be allowed for a thousand years because you will be ruling with a scepter of iron mm. so we need to really we are battling ideas mm. battling ideas and we have to fight actually, we have to there's fight a, there's a question called question in question number 5 actually uh, is talk somebody was asking about motivational christian speakers yeah uh, the motivational christian speakers five, theory yeah. of being positive and declaring prosperity also may deny that trauma anguish loss heartache whereas god's word mm. provides comfort and hope five five yeah mm. yeah provides comfort and hope acknowledging the chaos like chaos, the psalms yeah. mm. what else is a deficit or lies from the motivational speakers the problem with motivational speakers or this word of faith not all of all of it is false okay because if all of it is false you can't sell it mm. you cannot sell any product which is fully false there has to be something in it which will cause it to be sold the issue is this these motivational speakers actually in so many ways works on the aspect of denial of reality god does not deny reality ah exactly mm. okay i cannot believe in healing unless i am sick mm. only jesus jesus said i have not come to heal the one who are well mm-hmm. but the, the, it's a sick who needs a physician you have to realize that you're sick you have you to, no, to be, unless i know have a fever i cannot rebuke mm-hmm. fever yes. but in motivational speaker you do not accept fever mm-hmm. that's you don't accept fever mm-hmm. you don't accept problems mm-hmm. okay and but god does not deny reality mm-hmm. Yes. Jacob you are a worm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i am the god of jacob who will make jacob into israel hallelujah there's no de- there's no denial of anything with god mm-hmm. abraham this is who you are mm-hmm. but what makes you different is me when i come into the picture it changes it changes but motivational pe- picture uh, this thing you know they live in denial live in denial or if you look at the core of what they are teaching it is not god mm-hmm. it is you So you can do it you can do it you it's pumping of the self but that is humanism Again, so god says what, mm. it is it is mm-hmm. humanism mm-hmm. well jesus comes and says mm-hmm. you can do it but he comes and says first i'll tell you you can do nothing without me with me you can do everything without me you cannot do anything the problem is that he 
motivational speakers don't and people get all pumped up mm. okay they get excited they jump and dance yes i can i can i can i can i can when they actually get out to do it they realize it doesn't work it becomes chaos <coughs> because if god has to walk with you mo33 if god has to do this for you and work it out for you the bible says can two walk together yeah, unless, they unless they are agreed If God has to be with you, God has to do it. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? No. Motivation speakers are trying to bend God's hand. True scripture talks about holding God's hand. Okay? And bending God's hand is a very dangerous thing. Psalmist says in Psalm 106 verse 15, He gave them what they asked, but He sent leanness in it. You don't want to bend God's hand. bend god's hand <coughs> yes pastor yeah he that. gave them their request what is that constantly complaining mm-hmm. constantly huh? name it claim it name it claim it name it claim it. god says fine you take it hmm. take it but what happens is that's what i'm saying at a time like this you know what in 2020 2020 it's last year right 2020 during the election season america's pastors failed their congregation Now everybody is silent. Even the ones who voted Democrat are silent because they knew they are facing a nightmare. The communists have taken over every branch of the government. Now they are gasping, hoping 2022 Congress election, the Republicans may take back the House so that we can stop their agenda. Got you got it right? You know why? Because you are silent. Silence in the face of evil. I'm telling every pastor in US because the free society US who was silent in 2020 you will face judgment on judgment day God will say what did you do it was my nation it was my people you handed them over to the wolves because you were worried about protecting your tax exemption worried when BLM came and were threatening you and giving leaflets and all those things you kept quiet but you let your country down country's gone to the dogs literally now you have the most anti israel government you have the most anti christian government and everything that was done in the last 4 years spiritually has been rolled back completely you know why it's not trump failed pastors failed they kept quiet you cannot and that's how germany nazis took over also the pastors kept quiet they didn't do they kept quiet hmm. Okay, because God, God says, I don't speak through politicians unless He is my man. I speak through my servants. Yes. I speak through my servants, and the servants are quiet. God says, that's it. You want to keep quiet, be quiet. Okay. Quiet. The Lord will do nothing unless He reveals yeah. His secrets yeah. to the servants. The and prophets. the servants, the prophets, those yeah. who spoke, when old John MacArthur and all stood up and spoke. I mean, John MacArthur standing up for Trump was an oxymoron. is one of the most cutter conservative cutthroat edge man who will go with nobody and even he realized in the danger of the country was going and he took trump's call and said we are with you these are not people who will allow anybody to speak into their lives but he was able to see these are the more i mean these are people who have left the baptist movement and all because they think they are not kosher enough yes that's right They are not even cautious. Ultra conservative. Yeah, ultra conservative pastors mm. like John MacArthur, ultra orthodox conservative pastors realize the danger. Mm. And you know what? 
he but one of the best things that happened last week is that they won the case it was brought by a vietnamese american pastor or korean american he won the case and california cannot have any restrictions on worship anymore and the court ordered the state to pay the entire attorney fees of 1.3 million it's the biggest now california knew some and all of them will be quiet because the trial is over the church won no more restrictions about worship no more restrictions about worship with penalty okay so the one judge stands up and rules you see it is not like in india here you can appeal 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 all the way to the supreme court there the supreme court will not take most of the cases yes. they won't even hear it yes exactly so if one of the lower courts makes a ruling and all it will stay it becomes a precedence also it, it becomes, becomes it will stay okay mm-hmm. it's good and bad mm-hmm. okay it's good and bad so that is a big victory for first first amendment rights mm-hmm. the big liberty freedom to speak but you have to fight you cannot give up this fight you have to fight for what you believe is true people give up so fast you cannot give up you have to continue the fight one way you have to fight this system with the system which is there politically judicially you have to use all these avenues but the church has to fight it spiritually mm. church has to fight it in prayer in fasting binding the powers of darkness sowing confusion in the ranks of the enemy they hand and above all asking for a overflow a sweep of the holy spirit over the people Amen. over the people And you know when that happens everybody loses god only wins hallelujah mm. that's all when people are tied over by the spirit of god everything changes even the very wicked who are sitting there and doing this he will flip over he will flip over because that's what the holy spirit does in what did the holy spirit do with us what we were all kosher people when we got saved no mm. one second evil man became good One second got turned around. On that we understood all his righteousness, but we were on the right road. We are going on this way, we turned around and went the other way. Okay, everything, everything changed. So we have to keep praying. That's the answer. The motivational speakers are speaking to the flesh. Most, I'm not saying they are what. Many of the things which they are not true, principle-wise. But the problem is at the core of it. It is man. It is man. Mm. It is not Christ. There is no cross. There is no death to self. Mm. There is no death to self. this no leaning on god when things go wrong and hanging in there and still trusting god to bring you through the valley of shadow of death because pain is real chaos is real trauma is real all these things happen all these things happen even paul says i despaired of life itself but for what reason why did god take him into the valley of shadow of death so that we will not put our trust in ourselves but christ in him and christ was faithful and brought me out he says So you cannot motivate saying you can you can you can it doesn't work no god can cling on to him he will not leave you when you're going through trouble the question is not uh, lord why is this happening no ask god what is the message mm the question to ask is what are you trying to teach me through this that's the question don't ask why because the why is a wrong answer god doesn't do anything without reason in his children's life hallelujah lord tell me what is what is the lesson you yes. want to be learned through this yes. Yes. because all his plans are good it doesn't say all his plans are easy mm-hmm. all his plans are good okay so when you're going through the valley of shadow of death you need to ask yourself lord why are we putting what is the lesson that you want me pandemic all these things happening so i should ask what are you teaching us through this what is the lesson you are trying to teach us we need to ask ourselves and not go into depression 
Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, again, this uh, continuity on teaching itself. Yeah. Uh, this is question number four. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two parts. You can see the two two slides. Uh, women are n- not to hold offices, church offices, such as elders, deacons, or evangelists. Second Timothy and Titus. However, do you believe the church needs women, women who are respectful and able to teach other women how to become Christians and mature in their faith? The next slide. Okay, let's first go to this. First thing, uh, I have no issues with women being elders or deacons. Or even, even women are wonderful evangelists. Wonderful evangelists. They can be there. I mean, if you have a women's department and if you're a women deacon, she understands better, right? No? You have to look at the way a church operates. You have women's ministry, you have children's ministry. I don't want a man handling Sunday school. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he doesn't have that patience to handle. He doesn't have patience to handle his own children. Now he's going to handle somebody else's children and a bunch of them. <laughs> okay, so I am only talking here basically primarily in the office of pastor. Mm-hmm. Pastor and the office of prophet. We'll put the apostle aside because apostle is a very rare office in 21st century. The other two offices which are still there is the office of pastor. It's a shepherd. He's a head. <coughs> a shepherd is a head. And when the head of woman is man, you cannot have a woman as a head of men. Mm-hmm. Simple. I'm not saying extraordinary circumstances where you have in China, underground churches and all, where godly women are. An extraordinary situation is the book of Judges, mm-hmm. when you are surrounded by the enemy and the enemy is ruling you and God has a woman judging his people. So China, underground churches are extraordinary situations like that. So you don't go by the precedent here alone. You will, you will say, no, in this extraordinary situation, all God can find you may be a godly woman who leads a church. And many, many churches in China underground churches are led by women. Though extraordinary circle. We are not talking about that. That keep it aside. There's precedence for that in the Bible. But we are talking about a normal thing. One is pastor. He's a shepherd. And the shepherd has to be a man. Godly man. Second, a prophet. A prophet brings correction. Brings correction. You know, I know how I grew up. When my mother corrected me, I fought with her. When my father corrected me, I was finding it difficult to breathe. <laughs> no, I mean, typically, when you have a congregation of men and women, you will see uh, it's easier for them to take correction from a man of his man than from a woman. Okay, So you need to understand why, when God is saying certain things, there are reasons behind it. Like I said, he's the manufacturer. We are the products. The product doesn't tell the manufacturer this is the way I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, The pot doesn't tell the Potter that. So, look at it. But I am not talking about eldership, deaconship, in your particular settings of your church. Okay, as long as you are not having authority over men. Women, children is fine. And evangelists definitely, mm. you the one of the, some of the best evangelists in the Bible were all women. Yes. Samaritan women brought the whole town onto their knees before Christ Jesus. Because they were wonderful. They were, they were very good at witnessing. You know why? Because God made them that way. They are very emotional. Mm. Very touched. Okay, so when they witness and testify, it comes out of their heart. Mm. We will try scripture and thus says the Lord, the man doesn't understand anything. This woman will cry and say, you know what you did for me? And immediately, I also want to know you before you know why his flyer is changed. They're very good witnesses. So they're very good evangelists. Mm. Okay, and teaching is there. Teaching is there, but the next question will yes. yeah. Do you believe 
do you believe female leadership is essential in winning the world to Christ? Of course. Of course. Women bring most people to the, <laughs> to the kingdom <laughs> of God than men. When a man brings two, a woman will bring six. They will really bring people in. I'm not talking about the office of Billy Graham, evangelic ministry and all. These are different things. We are ta- let us talk about a general day-to-day day. Let me ask you this question. If you look in the context of a church, let us look at GTC Hyderabad. Who brings more people to God, me or um, Ma? <laughs> and she's a better witness. The better witness than me. Because for us to come to that level of witnessing, one-on-one witnessing, okay, uh, we'll always get theological. They just witness of what God did for them. What did the woman go and say? Come and see. This man told everything, everything about me. That is witnessing. We will quote John 3.16 and John 1.12 and the person doesn't even know who John is. <laughs> they're, they're very, very good. Honestly, I've seen women are very, very good witnesses. So I have no issues with women evangelists. The problem is we are talking about offices and crusades and all. Put that away. That's not God's pattern. No, you can have crusades and all that. Okay, stand. But book of Acts, you will see that it's mostly men. And uh, offices are with men. But Bible clearly teaches the older women in Christ are to train the younger women. Yes, Titus to that. That's why women should be handling the women's mm-hmm. ministry. And female leadership is essential in winning the world to Christ. But one of the most powerful ministry of women is with children. Mm. Near home and in Sunday school. Most powerful ministry. But they are tomorrow. What is In a Sunday school you wouldn't know who is sitting over there. There are apostles sitting over there, prophets sitting over there, pastors sitting over there, evangelists sitting over there, teachers sitting over there. And who do they go through the first five or six years in church? It goes to the hands of the women. A simple big model God has given over there. A woman can break or make. You have a Samson. You have a Samuel. All the instruction was given to Samson's mother. This is what you should don't touch this thing. Don't touch this thing. Don't touch this thing. Nothing was told about Samson except that no hair, no this thing. All the instruction was given to the mother. Samson failed. I'm not making any judgment. But I believe he failed because the mother did not keep the rules of bringing him to be a, this thing. Because as soon as he is given his freedom, he is going his own way. My question is, where did he get all this thing from? Okay. On the other hand, here is another woman. These are pictures of two, let us say, these are two pictures of two Sunday schools. Sunday school of Mrs. Manova, Sunday school of Mrs. Hannah. One man becomes a prophet and a priest and judge all the days of his life, anointed two kings. What is the product of this Sunday school? What is the product of this Sunday school? Mm. This is a Casanova with the anointing. This is a righteous man with the same Holy Spirit upon him. And if you look at it, Two different women, two different pictures of what the church is. And do you believe female leadership is essential? Of course, but never, ever at the cost of your home. Never, ever at the cost of your Sunday schools. People don't sometimes realize Sunday school is one of the most important ministries in the church. Why? Because out of it, Paul plants, Apollos waters, increase may come from the Sunday school. 
Now let's be honest about it. We look at GTC Hyderabad, we see GTC all around the world exploding, all kinds of things happening, but sometimes we wonder what is happening in GTC Hyderabad. Maybe we'll see 10 years from now when these children grow up. Because God is waiting for the increase. God is waiting for the increase. There's a generation of little ones rising up. Little ones who only know God, <laughs> only know scripture, only know Chris, um, biblical cartoons. They know nothing else, mm-hmm. our little ones. Yes, yes, true. They know nothing else. They are growing up. So God says, don't worry about the increase. Just keep on doing what you have to do. If the Lord tarries to come, and another 10 years from now, we will see a generation of young ones like Daniel and Joseph rising up. Amen. And that's Amen. how we have to look Amen. at it. That's Amen. where the women come in. Yes, Lord, that, yes, is, yes. that is genuine leadership. That's where women come in. And we don't look at the world and run into for officers. You see, you know what? I have a place and I have a purpose and I shall do it. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Question number three. Question number three. How can we say we have witnessed the manifestations of the Lord? Need to understand this. See, uh, in the don't go by the Old Testament manifestations. Okay, Old Testament manifestations were there. You can you can have it in the New Testament too, but uh, what does the question mean? I, I didn't understand. Basically, how do we? How do you say? Basically, I, I understand the question is how do you say you have experienced God? Ah, okay, experienced okay. God. Okay, there are two levels of experiencing God. One it is one is it in the body, mm. body, <clears throat> but that is not primary. That is secondary, or in so many ways trivial. Okay, the primary manifestation of the Lord in the new covenant is in the spirit. Mm. Understand this, God is a spirit. Yes. God is a spirit. So the primary manifestation of God. Let us look at the manifestation of God in the body. You are sick and you are healed. You are oppressed, you are delivered. Mm. Okay, these are all, okay, or you see a miracle literally happening before your eyes and all. Okay, you, you see manifestations taking place that you followed what the word of the Lord says and the voice of the Lord told you. You see your breakthrough coming and you know this is from God. A physical manifestation happens, a job or increase or the supply coming in, all kind of these supernatural protection happening. These are all manifestations. But there is greater than this is the manifestations which we understand from Paul's letters. You are you are, let's go to that. That's a manifestation of the Spirit of God in you. Remember now, the kingdom of God is in you. In the old covenant, the kingdom of God was outside, right? So they had to see Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 onwards. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. So there is a vessel and there is a treasure. Okay. Now you're seeing a manifestation of God in you. Mm. Israel needed the Red Sea to be parted. We don't need to. We don't need to see the Red Sea parted. Not that he will not if we need to. But we don't have to. Mm. Okay. We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. Okay. Why are we not crushed? Because there is something in us is pushing back against the pressure. We refuse to be broken. Refuse to be crushed. And you know what you were before you were a believer and you crumbled under pressure. You know what you are after you became a believer walking with God and you are not crumbling under pressure. You know what? It's a manifestation of God in you. 
We are perplexed, absolutely confused. Honestly, I'm telling, absolutely confused. Where is this world going? <laughs> Where is India going? Where are we going? Okay, if you looked at the WHO report that came in, they're talking about vaccine passports and vaccination, international travel as the world. Okay, so they will. They are, WHO is coming with a list of things that will happen if you have to travel international. Slowly after that, it will become domestic. So they have given a list of the vaccinations that is acceptable, and which is the only vaccination that is not acceptable. Covaxin. Covaxin. You know why? That's the only vaccine that is different from the others. All the others are mRNA, and Covaxin is like the old vaccines from an old dead virus from SARS. It doesn't fit in with their agenda. They oh. cannot manipulate you. Hmm. Yet, Covaxin is almost 80% effective. As effective as the others. Oh, are, good. Um, with yes. hardly any reactions. Our young lady who had took Covaxin airlifted her husband, was with her, and she's fine. But their agenda is behind this. So that's what I'm talking about. Perplexed. But even when we are perplexed, why are we not in despair? It's the manifestation of Christ in us. Christ in us. That is the treasure if we come to, yeah. Persecuted, not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Okay. Muslims are persecuted in certain countries. Hindus are persecuted in other countries. Buddhists are persecuted in other countries. Christians are persecuted in many countries. Let me tell you, ask this question. When a Muslim is being persecuted, Go back to verse 9. What does he have? What does he have? Nothing. What does he have? Who does he have? Not what? Who does he have? Hmm. Nobody. There's no pro- promise in the Quran. When you're persecuted, I will come and I'll be with you. I will never leave you. I never forsake you. There's no such promise in the Quran. There's no such promise. The, the, the commandments of the Sharia is either kill or compromise. There is, there is no promises like we have. There's no person in Quran. There's no person in Buddhism who's coming and being with you. So when you're persecuted, you either compromise and become whatever the other person wants to be, or you cheat and you wait until you become stronger and then you do the, you exactly. take him down. But that's not a, with Christianity. Christianity is a living person with you. It's a manifestation of God. You are completely struck down. But you are, uh, you are persecuted, but you're not forsaken. You know God is with you. God is with you. You think it was a simple thing that Paul and Silas were beaten like that? 39 whiplashes they get, back is all broken, thrown in the prison at midnight hour. But why are they able to sing? Why are the other captives sing? Listening. Why are they listening? Because they are forsaken. They are forsaken. They are not forsaken. Not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Struck down, not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Mm. Okay, And that was what Jesus was teaching in the middle of the storm. He is sleeping. The middle of the storm. He's walking over the water. Mm. He's walking over the water. Mm. What is he teaching us through that? He said, you can walk over your storm. Mm. If I am with you, you will not allow the storm to overwhelm you. What, that's what God says. What can the enemy do to you? The enemy's power over you stops with death. And then what can he do to you? Nothing. He says, I overcome death. Don't be afraid. So these are actual manifestations of God in the new covenant, unlike the old covenant. Unlike the old covenant, you will see people getting depressed and running and all kind of things. New covenant, it is God in us. 
God in us. The most powerful manifestation. Physical manifestation are miracles, breakthroughs and this thing. And that's a physical man. You know it is God who broke through for you. But greater than that, it is continuous manifestation of the Spirit. That's why the Bible says in Romans 14, right? Righteousness, peace Peace and joy. That is the kingdom of God. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. And that's why Romans 8 will say, who is that who condemns you? It's Christ who you know. Oh, you are this? No. It says, don't worry. Don't listen to that. When the enemy condemns you, tell him, I am the righteousness of Christ. Mm. Who is that condemns? You condemning me? Okay. When God is telling you something, don't tell him, I am the righteousness of Christ. Christ is the one who is speaking to you. <laughs> the spirit of Christ who is convicting you, don't tell me all those things, I am the righteousness. No. That is for the enemy. That is for the enemy. That's what uh, Balak will realize. Balak opens his mind and says, I see no iniquity in Jacob. Why? Because the devil. Yet he spanked the daylights out of them. He said, you're just rebellious, stiff-necked, grieving my spirit. But that's the father to the children. When the devil comes to curse him, he says, I see nothing wrong with them. You mind your own business. These are my children. I will deal with them. So we have to be very careful to who, what we are saying. Amen. Hmm. Okay, the completely different, completely different picture altogether. So the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It is righteousness. What righteousness? It is the righteousness of Christ that gives us security. Absolutely security. I mean, that's the only thing that will give us security. If you try to go to the security of the righteousness by law, hmm. <laughs> you will be always insecure. Hmm. Okay. okay, let God change you from inside better. But don't bank on that. Mm. Oh, you know what? I am good today. God must be happy with mm. me. God says, Oh, I am sure you love me so much today. You know why? Because I did not sin today. God said, I always loved you the same way. I cannot love you more or less. Mm. Amen. Don't perform. Mm. Just allow my Holy Spirit to change you. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. There is yes, no yes, performance yes. in God's good. Just amen, allow amen, my Holy yes, Spirit yes. to change you. Okay. Amen. And this is manifestation. Therefore, you have peace. Yes. And you have joy in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. In the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the kingdom into us. And that's how we have to look at it. That is manifest. That's a real powerful manifestation. So what I said, you are a COVID patient in an isolation ward and you are a believer. Your manifestation should be different from the others. Your manifestation should be such that the devil wants you to discharge you out of that place. He can't kill you because only God can take your life. He wants you to discharge as fast as possible because you are bringing the others to God. He's losing his customers. You cannot be No. The way you live, even if you die, you go die in peace. The manifestation of the kingdom, and it has to be real because... It's your belief, like they say in English, you should put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if you are a believer, then live it out. You're not afraid, you're not scared, you have peace, you have joy. Okay. The system I try to manipulate and all that, who cares about the system? Who cares about the system? That's what Paul says. The system is calling a, this thing criminal, this thing, and who cares about people's opinion, the government's opinion? The only thing matters is what does God? Oh, in the island of Malta, he's picking wood. He puts the fire wiper cuts. Oh, this is a criminal who is being taken to Rome. He must be a rogue, a murderer. See? And then he throws it. Oh, he's a holy man of God. Who cares about what you say? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) About your opinions. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Who cares? The only thing that matters is what God does. God said in the beginning, He is my chosen servant. Called to suffer. And you stand before King. That's the only thing that matters. We were chosen. Okay. We were not accidents in God's kingdom. We were chosen. If we are chosen, that's all. Amen. We are chosen. Thank you, Lord. We were chosen. That's it. Hmm. He didn't see anything in us. Oh, I am chosen, therefore I am special. Don't go that way. <laughs> in his sovereignty, he chose me. I don't even know why he chose hmm. me. Yeah. But I know one thing. Thank you, Lord, you, you chose, chose me. me. Amen. Yes, okay. Lord. Thank you, Lord, Amen. you chose, chose me. me. Yes. yes. So one last question. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> it's question number six. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man. John 3.13 mm-hmm. Did Jesus mean that after his death he needs to descend into Hades to take all the old covenant saints from Hades, Sheol, to the now no, no, heaven? This is, this is being mm-hmm. said when he is walking on earth in John chapter 3. Okay? Not, written not. later. He simply talked and it's absolutely true. Nobody has gone to heaven. Except the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Elijah and Enoch are not in heaven. Or then this statement is false. They, now they may be. Then they were not. They were in paradise. Abraham's bosom. They were in paradise and there was a gulf between heaven and paradise and because the power of death was uh, was uh, with the enemy. He had power over death. And uh, God, though God took him, it does not say God took him to where God is. But the Bible says no one has ever gone into the third heaven except the one who came from heaven. No one has. No one has gone there. So after that people have gone there. Is taken. That's the, that's the understanding of Ephesians 4. He took captivity captive and he yes. ascended. Uh, paradise has been relocated. Either he took the people or he took the place. We don't know what it is. So when he's talking about that time, nobody did. Nobody did. Okay? Nobody did. But after that, yes. So you look in the Old Testament uh, revelations, you don't see anybody in the spirit going to heaven. Mm. Do you see anybody? Daniel went? No. He, the angel had to come and tell him. Nobody goes in the Old Testament and comes back and tells this. Okay. I, I, I do believe Enoch and Elijah, after Jesus rose from the dead, they were taken. Till then they were also sitting. They did not die. But they were no, I don't believe you. I mean, we have to go by this. Mm-hmm. If God says no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, then no one has gone, including Enoch and Elijah. No one has gone. Okay, no one has gone. But now, I believe it's a different story. After Jesus rose from the dead, he took. Not that they have a body, they're waiting for the body. That's the last verse in Hebrews 11. They're waiting for that. But the disembodied spirits, a soul, a spirit, they are all there. Or we do not know. We can only presume by the secret things belong to God. Mm. But we know one thing. He means what he says. And this is talking about then. And the Bible talks in Peter that he went down into the prison yes. and preached to the souls yes. over there. Yes, yes. Okay, so there's always a controversy about what does it mean he preached. Let's go over there as we finish. First Peter chapter four. Three. First Peter chapter, chapter three. three. No, no, no. Second Peter. Right? Oh. Or first Peter. First Peter chapter four of a month and second. So it talks about yeah, for three. Search verse um three eighteen person. Three eighteen got it? First Peter chapter three verse yeah. eighteen onwards. 
18 and 19. Yeah. Christ also suffered once for the sin, just for the, just that he might bring, that put away death, flesh made alive by the spirit. Okay, verse 19. Verse 19. By whom also, by the spirit also, he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Yeah. And verse 20 will tell who those people mm. are. Who formerly were disobedient. When once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through the water. Okay, These are all secret things. Mm. And people will want to go into that and make a theology out of it, <laughs> but leave it. At what he did over there is hidden from our eyes. Mm. Okay, That was not. We have been, it has been revealed to us what he did on earth. Mm. But we want to know what he did in hell. <laughs> that was revealed to them. They know. <laughs> What he did over there. We know he did a work on earth. We know he did a work in hell. And we know he finally went and completed it heaven. And he is sitting there. Okay, So, a lot of things. Only thing, they're interesting. It uh, wets our appetite. But don't go bonkers over it. Just leave it over there. But there's a very controversial chapter over there. Um, two verses over there. What happened? Okay, it says, who formerly were disobedience when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. So a lot of people say this is talking about the conscience age mm. from Adam till Noah. The ten generations. The conscience age. And after uh, Noah, you have a different, the patriarchs beginning, a different age coming. Then you have the law coming. Then you have the grace coming. Okay, But this is all theology. We do not know what he did, what was the preaching he gave, was preaching the gospel. We do not know that word. Derek Prince talks about that. Basically, he went and declared the kingdom, declaring to that the kingdom has overcome. Death has no power. Mm. He in the spirit went over and telling death, you can't hold me here, Mm. declared. So we don't know what it is. So we just leave it over there. Because this the problem is when you go for conferences, this thing, everybody is excited about things which makes no difference in this life <laughs> and waste your time. <laughs> okay. They want to know some, some irritating questions people will ask. Who did Cain marry? marry. <laughs> Look, I want to know who did you marry? <laughs> that is the problem. <clears throat> don't worry about Cain, who he married. Okay. Okay, so we shall not worry. <laughs> we shall pray. Okay, but this question was good. John 3, uh, 13, that no one has gone. And after that, yes, Jesus is the first one to go. Others went. Paul also was taken in the spirit to the third heaven. John is taken in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? When Ezekiel is taken in the spirit, he's not taken to heaven. He's taken to earth. Mm-hmm. Part of Israel is not taken to heaven. But John was. And he saw an entire movie screen playing out, a future being played out. Okay, we shall pray. Father, we just thank you, we just praise you, we just worship you, Lord. Thank you for today, thank you for this time you have given us, O Lord. We just want to thank you, praise you, worship you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. We come in the rest of the night here into the hands, a new day in the U.S., late night in Australia, and everybody in between, all your children who are listening, who will listen. Oh, Father, comfort them. Heal them, strengthen them, help us to meditate on you. The only the who matters, mm. who you are, how much you love us. The love of God that is shed abroad in us, the love of the Father through Christ Jesus. The entire picture of Christ 
and his life is how much the Father loves us. That love will set us free from every fear. For your word says, perfect love casts away all fear. fear. Thank you, Lord. And I pray, Father, we'll focus on that. Meditate upon that. That no one can pluck us from the Father's hand. Because we were put there in your hands by Jesus himself. And we are safe there, Lord. I pray for healing. I pray for comfort. And I pray for strength. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.